Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos, 630Ched. So the deal for Dustin Bufflin is five years, $38 million, $7.6 million per season. That'll kick in for next year. NHL action tonight. The Senators have just defeated the Lightning 5-1. Red Wings leading the Panthers 3-zip late in the third. The Rangers edge the Devils 2-1. Now, Corey Schneider played tonight for the Devils. So is he going to go back-to-back, or will it be Keith Kincaid against the Oilers tomorrow evening? We will see. And the Penguins ring up the Ducks 6-2. Big night for Sidney Crosby. Uh, A couple of goals. I believe he finished with four points. Just going to... You know, I think I see something on Twitter, Kellen, and then I forget. Uh, He has scored in seven straight games. He did have four points. He scored an absolutely spectacular goal. So Crosby, remember a couple months ago he was uh, off to a sluggish season? Now he's lighting it up again. Shows you the great guys always produce, and when they do, they do it in bunches. The Oil Kings lost this afternoon 1-0 at the Vancouver Giants. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Oh, uh, another note, Drew Stafford suspended one game. Jets forward for high-sticking the Avalanche's Nick Holden on the weekend. He'll miss tomorrow's game at St. Louis. Jerome Messam has re-signed with the Calgary Stampeders. That was announced tonight. This afternoon, Travis Lule re-signed with the BC Lions. They will not be free agents tomorrow. More on the Eskimos situation later on this hour with Morley Scott. Want to delve a little deeper into what made Martin Brodeur so great. One of his contemporaries in goal was Corey Hirsch, who's now an analyst with Sportsnet. Corey, welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, good to talk to you again. Had to get an ex-goaltender on for two reasons. You guys are always so intelligent and well-spoken. Oh, jeez. You know what? Now you're just being kind. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just trying to build you up for the next time I need you to come on the show. <laughs> and uh, it's a pretty significant uh, day tomorrow. And and the Oilers get to be a part of it, which is pretty cool. Marty Broder is going to have his number retired before the game between the Oilers and the Devils. So some extra festivities there. And it's always one of those fun debates. Who's the greatest goalie of all time? It kind of depends on how old you are, what team you cheer for, what style you like. But whether you were a Devils fan or not, Marty Broder is on a very short list when it comes to that conversation. Yeah, and you know what? I... I I'm partial to Marty because I saw Marty when he was uh, 17, 18 years old. I went to a World Junior Camp with him, and I thought I was pretty good. Um, you know, I came from the West, and I was one of the goalies out of the West myself and Trevor Kidd and, and Chris Osgood, and I was like, you know what, I'm a pretty good goalie. And then I saw Marty Berger play, and I was like, whoa, this guy is on completely another level. Like, he was just uh, I, one of those guys where you just look at him and you kind of go, 
wow, this guy is absolutely amazing and way better than I am. So, but here's the consolation. We both got cut from that team, so I don't feel so bad. Who, who got picked ahead of you? I think that year, I believe it was in Fusen, Germany, and it was Trevor Kidd and um, uh, Trevor Kidd and I believe it was Mike Fountain that oh, year. Okay. And that was the year they went to Germany, and they didn't do very well. So there was a little bit of satisfaction in that, I guess. Well, and Trevor Kidd got drafted ahead of Brodeur in the first round, so he was considered. Uh, I know, crazy when you think about it, how, how how that went down. But it just goes to show you how hard it is to pick a good goalie. Well, no kidding. Now, you said you, you recognized Brodeur's ability even at that young age. Let me ask you this. How would you describe Marty Brodeur's style? Well, you know what? He was uh, Back when I started, he would, you would have called him a butterfly goalie because uh, the rest of us were all stand-up. You would have called him a French butterfly goalie. And then as, uh, as things developed, you got into blocking-style goalies that were down on every shot. And he ended up being more of a, a little bit of what we would call a hybrid, a guy that would stand up on higher shots and butterfly on lower shots. So, but the one thing about Marty was is mentally he was just that much stronger than every, everybody else. There was just so, uh, nothing bothered him. You know, everything was like water off a duck's back. You know, it's interesting you brought that up because I, I interviewed Ken Danico early in the show, who was a teammate with Bruder for a long time, and he mentioned that nothing phased him, and I, and I think that's such a important reminder when we talk about athletes. I mean, in any, any level, really. Certainly the NHL is the highest level of hockey, but how much it is mental attributes and not physical attributes that wind up separating people. Yeah, I and mean, Marty was was like a great athlete, but but the way they created a system for him in in uh, New Jersey, he was really set up so that he would build that confidence. Um, Lou never really ever got anybody that would push him, and never really got a good back. Think of all the good backups that went through New Jersey. Can you think of one? No, I can't. Not really. Right, <laughs> guys that were guys that were decent goalies, but they were never going to push Marty. So Marty always knew, even if you let in a bad goal or had a tough night, he was going to play the next game. Um, and when you have that as a goalie in the back of your mind and you know that, it, it just makes it that much easier. You don't worry about making mistakes. And worrying about making mistakes is what kills goalies. Now, when you have a guy like Marty, you can do that because he's athletic and talented enough that you could, you could build that. A lot of teams don't have that. you know. He, so you have to have a two-goalie system. But you look at Montreal, that's what they've done with Carey Price as well, and it's hurt them this year. Corey Hurst joining us inside Sports on 630 Chet, talking a little bit about Martin Brodeur, Jersey retired tomorrow. Oilers and Devils will be right here on 630 Chet. I want to I want to ask you about his ability to handle the puck. And when I was a kid, I, I remember a, a goalie would go out and he would stop the puck behind the net. Some goalies wouldn't even do that. And then Ron Hextall came along, who could actually shoot the puck the length of the ice, and he would try to score, and he, he got a couple of goals. And then a lot of goalies c- could handle the puck. Brodeur isn't the only goalie of his era that did it well, but would you say that he did it better than his contemporaries? Yeah, absolutely. Here's the thing what Marty in, in New Jersey used to do. Okay, so you had defensemen like Danico and Stevens and Niedermeyer. Teams would um, dump the puck in the corner, and then back then you were allowed to hold guys up. So there was no obstruction. There was nothing. So Danico and Stevens would just hold those giant sticks across the blue line. Marty would go in the corner, get the puck, and he would fire it over everybody's head out of the zone. And you could never forecheck. 
So they brought in the trapezoid because of that. I mean, that is the reason that they have that silly trapezoid behind the net. So I think now, actually, uh, without being able to hold up and you have obstructions, I say let the goalies go play the puck because it's going to change things completely. But Marty Berger was the reason why they brought in the trap. Well, which is pretty amazing that, that you know you could have a rule change because of the uh, abilities of, of of one guy. Do you think that? I mean, you mentioned how the the Devils never really pushed him and uh, never had him a backup. And, and a lot of people look back at those Devils teams and say that they were defense first. I know when I've interviewed Ken Danico other times, I think the 0-1 team was first or second in goals for in the league. The, the legacy of that team is Brodeur and defense. Has that overshadowed some of the other things those great teams could do? Um, I, they were just so difficult to score on because even if you did get through their defense, they were like, now i got to score on Marty. Are you kidding me? <laughs> but they, they also did put it as a talking unit. And what they used to do is, and it's so frustrating, because they would play that system where they would just wait, and they would wait for you to make a mistake. And then as soon as you made a mistake, they jumped on you with a scoring chance, and they buried it in your, in your net. And it was so frustrating. So at the end of the night, as a goalie playing against New Jersey Devils, you know, you would have 30 shots on New Jersey, and you would only have 17 shots against them. You'd lose four to one. So it was it was extremely frustrating to play against them. They they were just the ultimate in waiting for you to to almost kill yourself with your own mistakes and then jump on and then score goals on you. Well. He was fun to watch, and uh, I know I went back and watched, you know, some YouTube stuff of his his great saves and all those moments throughout his career. I mean, he took his team deep into the playoffs several times. So a guy deserving of it, and it's kind of cool that from an Edmonton perspective that uh, the Oilers get to be a small part of the night tomorrow. Corey, really appreciate your time, man. I, I hope we can uh, I hope we can do this again. Absolutely, anytime. You got my number now, so give me a call. Right on. That is Corey Hurst checking in tonight. How about that? He and Marty Brodeur cut from the same World Junior team. Behind Trevor Kidd and Mike Fountain. Who would have thought that? They didn't want Brodeur. Played for a few Canadian teams after that. Good perspective on Brodeur. I, I always love the, uh, you know, that what, what separates the guys, right? A lot of times it's the desire or the mental ability or that ability to put your mistakes behind you, not get rattled. I mean, Mike Riley's a perfect example here in town. Just washes the mistakes away. They don't they don't linger and comes back the next play and it's it's all brand new to him. Great to have Corey on the show. Still ahead, Morley Scott, Eskimos play by play voice. Still ahead, Jordan Rowley from the U of A Golden Bears hockey team. Matt, those were a couple of spirited games against the U of S Huskies. I'm not sure the Huskies came to play hockey on Friday. I think they were maybe more into a little WWE and uh, trying to injure the Bears or intimidate them or whatever they wanted to try to accomplish. But the Bears survived, so we'll talk to Roley about getting through those two games. You can text us at 630-630, the phone number 780-496-0063. You're home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630-CHED. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Reed Wilkins with you. 
Presented by AMA, be listening tomorrow. Oilers visit Newark and the New Jersey Devils. Pre-game 4.30, puck drop at 6. AMA, safety and savings for your family. You can text us at 6.30, 6.30. Got a question here from The Dude. Wasn't The Dude in The Big Lebowski? The Dude abides. <laughs> what did he like? The uh, White Russians? Yeah, the, Caucasians, as yep, he called them? Yeah. What is uh, in that? Um, is that vodka and milk? Yeah, Kalu I think and so. milk? Some mix of it. What is in a white Russian? That is what you can text Let me dial up the recipe. Read the text. I'll dial up the recipe for you and let you know. (laughs) The dude says, is there a link to watch university hockey games online? Yes. Look up CanadaWest.tv. The dude, you do have to pay for the games. I think it's one or two bucks a game. But you can. uh, Everything is webcast now for the university. Or I think you can get a pass for the whole season for eight bucks Mm -hmm. or something like that. So even this late in the season, it's probably worth it if you're going to watch a lot of games. Okay, I got it. White Russian right here. So the ingredients are two-thirds of an ounce or two parts of a coffee liqueur of your choice. So often Kahlua. Mm -hmm. Uh, One two-thirds of an ounce, five parts, vodka. One ounce, three parts, uh, fresh cream, i.e. milk. So it's vodka, Kahlua, and milk. That's right. Well, we probably don't have any of those ingredients in the station. We have well, uh, we, we have cream for coffee. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's right. We do. We do. If we have milk in the fridge, it's probably expired. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. Did I, did I ever tell you what I did with the Coke? No. So... There's this two-liter, this was a few months ago, there's this two-liter of Coke in the fridge. Right. And it's just sitting there. Mm-hmm. And it's probably like a quarter consumed, maybe. Hmm. Because we have this fridge, and some people, I've, I've never been one of these people to bring groceries to work and then just leave them there and yeah. slowly eat them. Like, some yeah. people will bring a bl- block of cheese to work. I am so paranoid about that, Reed. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll bring food in, and then whatever I don't eat immediately gets, at the end of the shift, I'll bag it up and take it home yeah, with me. Yeah, it's unhygienic. Yeah. Like, I'll put my lunch in the fridge, and then the lunch goes home at the end of the day. But, so I don't know if somebody brought this pop, or maybe, I, like, I know whenever there's election coverage here, yeah. like, the news people are just in a tizzy, because they have to work, like, Yeah, and there's, an like, tons of, overtime, of pizza and pop right? all over the place. Yeah, yeah, so it's like, Bob Layton's like, whoa, we're asking people to work hard, we better get the pizza. Yeah. Like, God forbid they ever actually work in the sports department and have responsibilities. But I digress. <laughs> <laughs> anyways. So, anyways. So there's this, there's this Coke in the fridge. Right. And it's just sitting there for mm-hmm. a couple of weeks. And I could tell no one's drinking it because I, I could see what where it was, the level was. Yeah, yeah. So finally I'm like, all right, I'm going to pour myself a little glass of Coke and mm-hmm. have it, see if anybody notices. Yeah. Nobody noticed. I, over the next few days, I slowly drank somebody else's Coke. <laughs> and, like, nobody knew, nobody cared or knew or whatever. Mm. And I figured, okay, I'm probably not going to get sick from drinking old Coke. Yeah. yeah. Because Coke pretty much... Fresh Coke does a lot of damage to your, to your body, mm-hmm. so old Coke can't be any worse. Like, bacteria can't grow in Coke, because no. you can use Coke to clean your toilet. Yeah. So I just, if, so now if people leave consumable stuff in the fridge, and it appears to be unclaimed, I'm like, no, ah, this is Wilkins now. Yeah. Wilkins is just going to drink and or eat this. So the thing that we got, so what you're saying is the thing we got to do is surround whatever the product is, is with some sort of nut product, because you're definitely allergic to it, and then maybe you'll... Yeah, see, somebody could be, they could have, like, even if they would have rubbed, like, peanut dust on the outside of that bottle, yeah. I would have got it on my hands, I would have got sick, because yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty badly allergic to, but that's why I don't eat baking, right? 
Yeah, if yeah. somebody comes around with baking at work, I always say no. They get offended. Hmm. I just say I don't care. I don't give offer an explanation. <laughs> Which is probably probably why you weren't picked for the Secret Santa at all. But I didn't go in Secret Santa. I went in Secret Santa once. It's too much of a pain. Yeah. Because I gotta, you gotta go buy stuff for people you don't know. It's yeah. just, it's too much effort. It is so awkward. And look, I don't <laughs> mind working hard or putting effort into things. It's too much effort for too little reward. Yeah. Because I, I don't really care about the gifts I get. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a big like, oh, get me more gifts. I'm not yeah. a big material possessions guy. Yeah. Even though I got an awesome Secret Santa gift uh, from uh, what was McGuire's first name? Mike McGuire used oh, yeah. to work yeah. downstairs. Yeah. He got me the uh, the Bunny Suicides book. That's oh, nice. a hilarious book. Nice. But anyway, I got I got somebody's name. They don't work here anymore. I didn't know a thing about them. You got to go around like covertly asking the what people they like. in their pod, what, what, are they like? what are they like? And then here's a classic thing. Yeah. So it was a, a, a young woman here. Um, so I found out she liked wine. So whatever, I got her wine. And yeah. her and her husband were into something. So I got something for both of them, whatever. And I, one day I just got her these little chocolates. And mm-hmm. I put them in, in these tiny little boxes and wrapped them. And left the box on her desk, except one day I forgot to put the chocolate in, <laughs> so, so I gave her an empty box. <laughs> and then, so at the end of the week, you reveal your secret, secret Santa. The big gift was a, a nice bottle of wine. Yeah. And then she's like, "Why did you give me that empty box out?" <laughs> like, what are you talking about? And I was like, "Oh, I must have a chocolate at home somewhere that I forgot to give you. I'll just eat it myself yeah. now." See, I I had the just quickly, I had the exact. Uh, opposite issue is that one place I worked at in the past for Secret Santa, I ended up getting the big boss, like the guy who runs everything. Now, who? What do you buy the guy that runs everything and like pulls like substantially more than you do on a payroll scale, right? That that was my big concern. So, what did you? Well, what did you get him? I'm Don't just, leave me in suspense. I I just ended up. <laughs> yeah, I found out that he liked golf. So I just loaded up his entire thing with golf stuff Good. the entire week. Well, I'll get him some golf balls, tees. Yeah, gol- golf balls was putter. day one. And like, <laughs> well, maybe not a new putter. Found out his glove size. That was like trying to figure out, you know, did the isotoners fit O.J. Simpson was trying to figure out what his glove size was, was or not. So I got him some gloves, got him some tees, ended up getting him a how-to DVD on how to improve his swing. How to golf. <laughs> so... <laughs> Hey, I heard you like golf, but you suck at it. Yeah. Enjoy this DVD. Exactly. Horrible swinger. Mm-hmm. Mikey says, always check for the pop in the company fridge for free pop. It'll always be there for months at a time, always unopened. So Mikey, totally in support of my strategy. Thank Absolutely, you. Absolutely, yeah. Carol says, I understand that today was a league-designated day off. However, if the players had decided that given the last two games, they should practice, would have this been permitted? Uh, I don't. I, they wouldn't do that. I don't think the players would rent ice and organize their own practice. All right, it's coming up to the 8.30 news. Inside Sports on 6.30. Chad, you can keep the text coming into 6.30, 6.30. Oh, thank you to Tony and a couple other people who texted in the white Russian formula while Kellen was looking it up. We do appreciate that. Here's what we're going to do. Jordan Rowley from the U of A hockey team. Morley Scott to talk a little Eskimos free agency as well. Remember, you can hear Warren Moon specifically on Cam Newton by going to the 630 Chet Facebook page. You can comment on it there as well. Oilers and Devils in this time slot tomorrow night. The Devils have lost 2-1 to the New York Rangers. We're back after the news.
This is Oscar Clefbaum from your Edmonton Oiler, and you're listening to the Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 6:30 Shad. news to tell you about here. The Toronto Blue Jays have reached an agreement on a two-year deal worth $29 million with MVP Josh Donaldson. Two years worth almost $29 bucks. They will avoid arbitration. The uh, two sides were set for a hearing on February 15th. Obviously, they were going to work something out, and it's done. Great Blue Jay. Great season. Here's a great text from Gern, who says, Hey, Reed, this white Russian you speak of, is he a good defenseman? Do you think the Oilers should trade for him? <laughs> That's the text of the night. Good stuff there. Absolutely. Is his name Anton Beloff? Then no. Otherwise, then maybe we should take a chance on him. Or Dennis Grabishkov. Well, yes, that's also a good point. And Nikita Nikitin. Other than that, maybe he's, he's worth a try. Uh, Inside Sports on 6.30, Chad Reed Wilkins with you. Thanks for tuning in tonight. I'll update your scoreboard in a couple of minutes, but I want to welcome to the show Jordan Rowley, U of A Golden Bears defenseman. Two big wins for the team over the weekend. Jordan, welcome back to the show, sir. How are you doing? Hey, Reed. Thanks for having me. Yeah, good to talk to you again. It's been a while since, uh, since we've been able to speak, but I, I finally... Because of my schedule, I don't always get to see you guys a lot. I was able to see both games, did my show from Claire Drake Arena on Friday, went to the game on uh, on Saturday, and uh, after having a streak where you only won three times in eight games, it must have felt really good to get those two in the win bank against the Huskies. It was. You know, it's a, it's a good rivalry there, so it's always <laughs> good to beat the Huskies, especially in uh, Claire Drake. Arena for sure. What do you think you guys were able to do that you hadn't been doing in a rough month of January? Uh, you know, well, we maybe got away from our game a little bit um, and brought it back that weekend, you know, just focused on what we needed to do, worked hard and all week leading into that those two games, and, you know, it paid off. It just got back to what we need to focus on and, you know, simple, keeping it simple, working hard and playing our game. I realize there is a huge rivalry between these teams, and and I, I realize that aggression and intimidation has always been a part of hockey and will always continue to be. Um, I also, as a, as a spectator, was a little surprised at the Huskies' approach in the game on Friday night because it seemed to me they weren't that interested in the game itself but were very intent on taking as much physical liberties with you guys uh, as as they could. Give me your impression of, of playing in that game and, and what the Huskies were bringing to the table. Well, you know, they always play us hard. Um, it's not totally unlike them, uh, you know, and especially in the games that we've had and things get heated. Um, and it, there were some good hard plays and it kind of led to some scrums, but you know, at the end of the day, that's part of the game. I, I think we, we've seen that from them before. So it wasn't out of the ordinary, I would say. All right. And, well, and I look, I'm, I, I'm sounding like a bit of a homer. I didn't think <laughs> that the Golden Bears were, were angels necessarily in that game. No. I guess I specifically was thinking about a couple of times your goaltender got run. Um, their goaltender jumped one of your guys. There just seemed to be a lot of line crossing by them that you don't usually see in in CIS hockey. Let me ask you this, because the the fighting debate and all that kind of stuff was 
was uh, pretty hot and heavy a couple weeks ago when Hendricks had his stuff going on with the Florida Panthers. How does it change things in Canada West that there's no fighting? Um, you know, that's that's something that we've talked about, you know, and even in the room, you know, you get guys talking about that. And if there was fighting, would there still be that stuff going on? And, you know, I think it's, it's not going to change too much. I think people have a lot of respect out there. You know, uh, a lot of the guys in our league play play a pretty clean game. So, I mean, yeah, there, it got a little bit out of hand this weekend, but it's it, it wasn't too bad in the big picture, I don't think. Um, a lot of other stuff could happen. So, I think it was actually relatively uh, tame. All right, Jordan Rowley joining us inside sports on 6.30. Chad, U of A Golden Bears defenseman. The the Saturday game, um, you know, obviously had less of that, I, I thought, in terms of the extracurricular stuff, and it was a lot tenser game because you guys built up a 3 nothing lead. Uh, they narrowed it to 3-2 before you got a couple of big goals in in, in the third period. Um I, I thought that was a pretty good indication of where the, the two teams are at because that seemed to me uh, a very tight game. Maybe some of your skill on your team shone through in that one. Yeah, um, for sure. I, I think also, too, our conditioning paid off. We, you know, work hard all week in practice, and that's when, you know, it's the Saturday at the end of the you know, second and third period there. That's when that's going to shine through. So that, I think that was a big part of it as well. All right, so you got the two wins over the Huskies. Are you guys going to be watching for the rankings to come out tomorrow, the national rankings, or how much of an interest will you take in that? We never really pay attention. Um, it gets put up in our room, and we take it right down. It's not in our head. You know, we don't we don't think about it at all. It's, if anything, it's it's just noise. So um, well, it doesn't really matter what we are this week. Again, we're just focused for uh, Mount Royal this weekend. All right, home and home with Mount Royal. And is this the situation you guys you guys got to sweep them to get uh, second place or get three points out of four, I guess? Right, yeah. So it's a, it's a big weekend for both teams. So um, we expect that they'll come out good. And we just got to be better. Uh, w- which day is the home game for you guys, Friday or Saturday? Uh, the Saturday is the home game. We're, uh, we're in Mount Royal on Friday. Okay, so they're, they're still one point ahead, right, because they swept Lethbridge? Right. Okay, so for people who don't know, second place is on the line. The second place team gets a first round bye, which which will mean a lot. Mount Royal's been an interesting story. Uh, Jordan, I, I've been very critical of ACAC schools that have been granted uh, entrance into Canada West. Uh, they've sort of uh, shut my mouth when it comes to their men's hockey program. How come they've been able to come in and be so successful the last two or three years? Right from when they came to the league, you know, they're probably, you know, one of the hardest working teams out there. It's, it's hard to play against them, uh, especially when you go to Mount Royal in their barn. So they know they know how to play there. And they play a simple game, you know, like they're not um, they're not too flashy. They just grind and work hard and they get the job done. I'm impressed with them too. So it'll be a good challenge this weekend, but I think we're, we're up for it. So we're good. All right. So your Saturday game, uh, 6 o'clock then, Claire Drake Arena. Right on. Jordan, thanks for taking the time to join us. Entertaining games over the Huskies. Two big wins. Have a great week of practice, and good luck against the Cougars. Great. Thanks a lot. That is Jordan Rowley, U of A Golden Bears defenseman, checking in tonight inside sports on 630 Ched. Uh, I know three Hus... He was downplaying it, so I I know what the thing is. Oh, you know, media guy going overboard, violence in hockey. All right. I am kind of like that, I'll admit. Uh... (laughs) But I will say this, three U of S Huskies got suspended. 
after Friday's game and weren't allowed to play in Saturday's game. So there was some excessive stuff going on. I think Jordan was uh, maybe downplaying it, didn't want to give the Huskies any bulletin board material. All right, 841. CFL free agency, J.C. Sherritt, is he done as an Eskimo? Morley Scott up next. This is Adarius Bowman from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. as well at Commonwealth Stadium. Those guys working out, already getting ready for the 2016 season. They are going to have some new teammates. Of course they will. Are they going to be losing some very good teammates? Uh, some players perhaps you've fallen in love with as Eskimos over recent seasons. Free agency starts tomorrow. Eskimos play-by-play voice Morley Scott. Morley, thanks for sticking around, man. How are you doing? I'm good, Reed. How are you? Yeah, doing great. How, how was your lunch? Uh, it was uh, very tasty. <laughs> it was uh, free and it was uh, porkalicious. So this is this is pretty cool. You and I went with the promise of a free lunch, though it Not is very that that newsworthy. is always what lures us out to events. No, it was very newsworthy as well. That uh, Well, we kind of know the Eskimo schedule, first of all, sort for of. one game. Yeah. The preseason game will be Saturday, June 18th at, at 2. 2 p.m. Against somebody. A Western Division team, most likely. And I hear the schedule might be out by the end of the week. By the end of the week, yes. even? Yes. Ooh. So. All right. Don't tell anyone that, though. <laughs> Um, but this this Porkapalooza Festival, which last year was in Borden Park mm-hmm. and was really cool. I went last year. There was oh, great food there. It's going to be at Clark Stadium this year, and there'll be a tie-in to the Eskimos game on the Saturday, the 18th. The yeah. festival's the 17th to the 19th of June. Yes, and uh, the Eskimo game's in the middle, and if you buy the three-day pass for the festival, you get the free ticket to the Eskimos game, or that is included right. in your purchase. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's a great way to bring... Uh, well, I like to use the phrase pigskin. It's perfect, right? There you for go. Porkapalooza. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, for sure, Porkapalooza and the Eskimos coming together. Uh, tickets are going to go on sale on Friday uh, for the festival. Diamond Reel's coming. We, uh, country band are really, really like. They won a lot of Grammys, or at least were nominated for a lot of Grammys. And who doesn't love Loverboy? No one will admit it, but they all love them. Uh, and they're Turn coming. me loose, Morley. And, uh, Turn me loose. And uh, they're going to make some other announcements, I guess, later in the week about some acts that are coming. So we'll see. Okay. Looks like it's going to be a nice week on Father's Day weekend at uh, in and around Commonwealth and Clark. So there we go. So we're, we're starting to find out a little bit about the schedule and, and some festivities. Now, what we don't know is who exactly is going to be on that Eskimos team. And we'll start to get the shape of that this week because tomorrow is, is free agency. And there's some big names out there in general and certainly some key Eskimos that, uh, let's face it, maybe are going to be departing. Yeah, absolutely. And I got worried the the closer you get to the free agency day without being re-signed, the more of a chance, obviously, there is that you're going to leave. And it looks like several players, several key players, six guys who I can, maybe seven who I consider starters, if you count John White in there, uh, are going to go to free agency, it looks like, uh, tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. And uh, to go over the names, uh, they are Shamad Chambers, who was the most valuable Canadian in the Grey Cup game, only played four games last year, but uh, when he came back, he came back strong. Otha Foster, uh, the Sam linebacker, Aaron Grimes, uh, Grimes, maybe the best defensive back in the Canadian Football League, also among the free agents. Uh, also, uh, Kenny Stafford, who 
I think everyone is assuming is going to leave anyway. Uh, most people thought he might get a shot at the NFL. I don't know if that's out the window yet with him or not. Uh, running back John White, as I talked about. And then the big name on the list is that of uh, middle linebacker J.C. Sherritt. So that's just a hint. I think there's uh, 16 free agents still for the Eskimos uh, that are out there. Guys like, like Ryan Hines and uh, Donnie O, Brian Simmons, the offensive lineman. Uh, they've chipped away at these guys, but uh, they haven't been able to sign... I think as many as they wanted to sign, and it looks like the big six that I just mentioned, seven including John White, are going to test free agency starting tomorrow. Well, it, it, Sherrod is an interesting one, obviously, because he's been here a while. He was here through you know a couple of the, the pretty bad teams. He set the tackles record since broken. Mm-hmm. Part of the reason he set it is because it was a defense that played two thirds of every game, but he but he set the record, <laughs> and he's become a a pretty popular player because of his performance and his longevity. He went through the season where he sort of shared time with Rennie Kern and then stuck around. And Sherritt was really good this past season. I, I thought Sherritt was better this past season than he was the year when he broke the tackles record. Part, I do too. You're right. Part of that was because it was a great defense and all. But, but yeah, he was really getting to the ball and he made a lot of big plays. And him departing would be a big move. I, I think J.C. Sherritt leaving is on par almost with Fred Stamps leaving. Um, because he's been here that long. He is a very much a fan favorite. Uh, he's the guy people love to cheer for. He's kind of undersized, but still gets the job done. And he's a good football player. He's also a leader in the dressing room, too. And I, I think if the Eskimos aren't able to re-sign him and he signs somewhere else, it is a huge loss that they'll have to overcome. Morley Scott, Eskimos play-by-play voice here on 630 Ched, joining us as we look at Eskimos free agency. Uh, Kenny Stafford. I really liked Kenny Stafford. I liked that trade right away. I know it was hard for people yep. to see Fred Stamps go, but I have to be honest about where Stamps was in his career and where Stafford was Well, and you see where the his. two of them are now, right. and you realize it was a good trade. because Stamps was let go yeah. by, by the Alouettes. He hasn't been picked off, has he? No, he's a free agent. So. Um, now, Stafford, you think he's? you sounded like you think he's gone. I think so. I, I just think that he'll want a better opportunity. Because well, he's going to be behind Walker for sure if he and stays Darius here. Bowman. And, and so he's the number right. three guy here, uh, and that puts him on par, you know, with you know to get good numbers without great numbers. Although he had pretty good numbers last year in that same role, so uh, I think he's going to just go somewhere else where he's going to get an opportunity to play more. And if he's third guy on the totem pole, not only does he not get the footballs, not only does he not get the playing time, but he doesn't get the money. And I think someone will offer him starters money or first string money or, or to be that marquee guy or a chance to be that marquee guy and give him not more of an opportunity to play but a, an opportunity to play in different circumstances and be maybe the first or second guy that the quarterback's looking for in most plays instead of the third guy. Well then that's an interesting domino that could affect Shamad Chambers because like you said Chambers is a guy who has shown flashes of being a pretty effective mid-tier receiver when he's healthy. He only had a couple catches in the Great Cup, but yep. one especially was, yep. a, was a field position-changing play. Mm-hmm. And we've seen him make athletic plays when he's healthy. So if Stafford goes, I mean, I mean, you wonder if Chambers now waits to see what happens with Stafford. No. Me, me you and you sitting so? right here, Chambers is gone. I think Shamal Chambers is gone. I think he wants right. to play closer to home. I think he wants to play with uh, his his uh, buddy Simone Lawrence in Hamilton. Okay, I would not be surprised if he signs in Hamilton, and if not Hamilton, in Toronto. Hamilton's perfect for him because it's close to home, but it's not at home. It's not in Toronto, so 
he can still live away from home and away from all his buddies and everything who are asking for free tickets all the time, but still play close to everybody, and they can still come and see him play every week. So I, I think Shamat Chambers is as, is as good as gone. That kind of, to me, reflected even more so when the Eskimos signed uh, Corey Watson to a new deal after the Grey Cup. Good point. So the, the other interesting Plus, guys... don't forget uh, Devin Bailey's. Young and upcoming guy. True, ready true, to take and, on. and he's Canadian, so and, that the passport and, yeah, makes a you're difference. thinking about Canadians me, only, uh, uh, whatever they call nationals. Them. A local. And, uh, and Nate Kuhorn, of course, just signed a new contract at the end of last year as well. So, uh, I think the Eskimos are just going to say it's part of business that Shamad Chambers is leaving. I don't think they have the money for him, and I don't think Chambers. Uh, I think Chambers wants a change of scenery. That's just me guessing. I think Shamad Chambers is gone. Okay, I, I'm interested with. First of all, Kendall Lawrence for me is an interesting figure because obviously I think he's a good player. When you, me, and Blake did the uh, mid-season roundtable halfway through twenty last year, 2015, I picked Kendall Lawrence as my most outstanding Eskimo. He wouldn't have even been in my top eight probably by the end of the year. Yeah. Not that he turned into a bad player, just other guys they stepped didn't need up, as much. the team was better. You know, they didn't have, They didn't need as much impact on the special teams. He's a valuable player because he can do a lot of things, but we've also seen he's never been the number one guy at any of those things. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's allowed to go here. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I think because I think he's how do I put this by not no, I'm not saying he's going to Saskatchewan, but he is a more valuable player with Chris Jones as his coach. Because Chris Jones likes those kind of players. Chris Jones likes to move guys around. He likes to have running backs play receivers and slot backs return kicks and everything, right? So he does all three of those jobs. And he does them very adequately. He's, he's very good on on some occasions in those positions. But he just if, if you told him to go out and win a job, I don't see who he's going to play in front of in Edmonton unless he tries out as the running back and John White's not back and some of the guys he had at the end of the last year falter. I don't see him taking an everyday starter's position away from any of the receivers, uh, and I don't see him being an everyday running back. Uh, I see him being a kick returner. Uh, His best year was the year before last year, for sure. 2014, he was fantastic. He was exactly what the Eskimos needed, but his role, you're right, as the season went along last year, his role seemed to diminish a bit. Morley, it's going to be fun tomorrow, man. Look forward to all your updates. All right, Reed. That is Morley Scott, Eskimos play-by-play voice, yes, and you'll hear him on 6.30 Ched tomorrow. I guess... What are we going to have tomorrow? We don't have... Uh, well, we'll update it during the face-off show. Free agency and stuff like that. Um, and uh, during the intermissions. And then we'll have we'll probably talk to some new Eskimos on Inside Sports on Wednesday. You know what? I, I think... I, I, under, I, I like Kenny Stafford a lot. And I'd love for the Eskimos to keep him because uh, Darius Bowman isn't going to be good forever. He's going to get... He's going to age at some point. But, but I understand Stafford's probably going to want to move on and let's face it Darrell Walker is now the number one receiver on the Edmonton Eskimos I, I don't think that can be debated uh, He's he moved past Bowman for me so Bowman and uh, Walker still a pretty good duo at the top so Stafford might look around Kendall Lawrence like we were talking about I think he can lose look if Grimes and Sherritt move on that is going to be tough that is going to be tough because Sherritt's still playing at a high level Grimes is, I mean, Morley called him the best DB in the league. If he's not, he's on a pretty short list. And he might be the best defensive back the Eskimos have had since, I don't know, Donnie Brady 10, 12 years ago. Grimes has become a really good player. 
and that's a big loss if he's going to move on two guys on defense that they they could lose and and then what do you do so anyway that's going to be interesting tomorrow couple big names signed today uh Lule staying with the BC Lions Cornish staying or not Cornish Cornish retired Messam <laughs> staying with the Calgary Stampeders because Cornish retired. Big reason why they're retaining him. Want to, uh, Todd McClellan, let's close out with him. You know, I look at it, there's a number of young players that are trying to break into the league and and uh, create careers, and uh, are they passing the grade? I don't know. Um, there's a, a number of players that are trying to hold on and stay in the league and survive. Are they doing what they need to do? It's a critical time of the season. And then there's others that... Uh, that have reputations, whether they're really strong or, or somewhat weak, you have an opportunity to uh, to change it or to grow it and make it go in the right direction. And then they let that go again today, so or as well today. So uh, three different areas, three different types of characters on our team, and uh, none of them did anything to uh, to improve tonight. Ah, oh, there you go, McClellan again. You know, there's opportunities here for the Oilers, regardless of being in last place or not. You're playing for jobs. You're playing for a career. You're playing to build up your stock, whatever. Nobody grabbed that opportunity over the weekend. Hopefully, they are better against the Devils tomorrow. 4.30 face-off show, 6 o'clock for the drop of the puck. Thanks to our guests tonight, Morley Scott, Jordan Rowley, Corey Hirsch, Ken Danical, Kelly Moore, and Warren Moon. Thanks to all of you who called and texted tonight. Always fun to talk to you. I'm always here for you, man, especially about the Oilers. Kellen Kennedy is our studio producer this evening. Dave Campbell with his uh, new child. He's away for a bit is the producer of the show. My name is Reed Wilkins. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a great evening. You were there.